Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. We're so glad to have Brother and Sister Calhoun with us tonight, as promised. Praise God. Amen. For those of you that don't know, Brother and Sister Calhoun are home missionaries from Brookfield. And they're doing a great work, and uh, it is a privilege to be able to continue to work with them after the years that they've been a part of our congregation and such a blessing and leaving under such honorable conditions for such a great cause, all that he did with our youth and assisting here at the church. It's great to have you home. We want you to take your liberty. We're extremely proud of you and excited about what God's given you for tonight. God bless you, brother and sister Calhoun. Praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, this feels familiar. I'm going to feel right at home here. So um, it's good to be with all of you. Um, thank you for the invitation. Uh, thank you, Pastor, for the fine dinner at Applebee's. That was awesome. It's good to be with our first lady and pastor. Amen. Need a little Pastor K time every once in a while. Hello, somebody. I get my fix online when I need to. It's good to see so many wonderful faces. Brother Manis, good to see you, my friend. God bless you. And uh, this is my sweet Sarah right here. I don't know if you've met her before. This is my lovely wife, Sarah. Give her a big hand. And uh, my kids left. Um, the boy that has outgrown his mother is my son, Seth. He is 14 years old now and um, going on 25. So we love him to death. And my little daughter, 10, going on 30. She's the, she's the CEO of the family. She tells us where we all need to be when. So I appreciate her very much. A um, little older, a little wiser, hopefully, since I was here last. A little more color. The gray on this side is this, this side of the congregation. The gray on this side is this side of the congregation at Life Spring. So, you know, Brookfield has been awesome. Um, we have had an ups and downs, but God is good. Um, we, are looking, we are looking right now at the possibility of a building opening up. Amen, somebody? So we're excited about that. Hallelujah. We're coming up on a baptism Sunday this weekend, and we have four already scheduled, uh, two confirmed. So four baptisms on Sunday, very possibly. We're going to baptize them in the pool at the hotel room. Is that our... Here is water. What doth hinder you? And um, we have had people get the Holy Ghost. We have seen miracles um, preaching a couple weeks ago, and our music director, I didn't know this, but our music director has had pain on the right side of her hip for about 10 years. And while the word was going forward, there was a pop in her hip and she was like, oh, well, thank you, Lord. And she hasn't had pain since. God healed her while the word was being spoken. That's how powerful God is. Amen. He can heal. So I'm grateful to be with you. If you'd quickly go to the Word with me, I just I'm so glad to be at home. This is uh, this is such an honor. 
such an honor for me. Well, I, I was nervous, so I brought the Bible, I brought a paper copy of my sermon, and I brought an electronic copy of my sermon. Just want to make sure I cover all my bases, you know. So, my, my, well, another day I'm a pastor, you know, you get a lot of compliments and people try to lavish some things on you and, and you, you usually, you usually get a little worried when they get too, too overly complimentary, but, uh, some, a lady walked up and she was just telling me how amazing my preaching was and how wonderful of a preacher you are. And just, you're just so connected and you're just, it just, I, I love your preaching. You're the best preacher in the world. And I said, oh, that's so sweet, mom. Thanks. That's awesome. Thank you, mom. Psalms 119 and 89. I want to go to the scripture with you. And then I have a companion text that I'll read, and that's in Matthew 14, verse 22 through 32. Um, I want to talk to you for a little while about the eternal word of God, the eternal word of God. And I think everyone that's helping out upstairs for following along the best you can, I appreciate all those that are here and that are helping. Amen. Felt good to drive down Sawyer Road again. I was watching for deer, and, uh, but it just felt like home. Thank you so much for the invitation. Psalms 119, verse 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Someone said amen. amen. And Matthew 14, verse 22 through 32, I want to take this story and lift it from Scripture and straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. You would be too, a man walking on water, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear, but straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter, the crazy one, answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come, everyone say come. One word, arrested the laws of gravity. And Peter was come down out of the ship. He, he walked on the water to go to Jesus, but when he saw the winds boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink, and he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when... They were come into the ship, the wind ceased. I, I think I'd like to title this message, Speak, Lord. Someone say, Speak, Lord. Would you turn to your neighbor and just tell them the Lord's going to speak in this place tonight, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I didn't want to share my words tonight. I wanted his words, Amen. Because if you just hear me speak, I'm only a man. But if Jesus speaks in this place tonight, his words are spirit and life. And so if we could get 
somebody to just hear the voice of the Lord today. The scripture talks about the church hearing what the Spirit says. And, and I'm interested in knowing what God wants to speak every single day of my life. How about you? On Monday at work, Tuesday in the evening, uh, when I go get Chinese food, hello somebody. Every Tuesday night, I'm a little bit of a regular at the Asian chef. But even whenever I'm doing my normal routine, I want God to be saying something to me and speaking into my life. I want my antenna up, amen? I want my spiritual Wi-Fi on because when God speaks, it changes things. You can help me preach. I'm okay with that. There's a lot of people here compared to the church that I preach. So, you know, whenever I preach, I say amen a lot. And I say amen, somebody. So I'll try not to do that too much here. But it's been around a long time. The, the word of God has lived through many centuries and, and many struggles. And many times people have tried to take its voice out of the world. But it cannot take the voice of God out of the world. No matter how many Bibles they burned, it didn't matter. Because they didn't understand that the word written came from the word spoken. And, and when he speaks a word, it, it cannot be retracted. It cannot return void. Amen. There's nothing it cannot do. It, it has to do the purpose it is sent to. And therefore, in the beginning, when God spoke the plan into existence, the Bible tells us that it, it, it outlives universities. Amen. It outlives the strongest of governments. Amen. It outlives the greatest thing that we are tied to, and that is time. Amen. And so we understand that God's word is eternal. And if he speaks in this place today, he speaks eternal word. And if we can get the word of God out and we can begin to share it with one another, the Bible talks about that the word brings faith. And so that whenever we hear the word, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The literal word, word there is rhema. And when it's translated, it means the spoken word. That's why it's important that you come to church. Amen. That's why your pastor preaches. You need to be here when the lights are on and the doors are open because you can get faith from reading the word. But there is a rhema word that happens when a preacher gets anointed and begins to preach the word of God. It's nothing like anything else you've ever encountered. But the Bible tells us in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word. If, if you want to go all the way back to the beginning, the Word was there, amen? It was the Logos, the plan of God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Matthew 24 25, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word shall never pass away. Someone say his Word is eternal. We are to interact with it. We are to allow it to speak to our lives. It, it's interesting that if you put this eternal word in your heart, it will keep you from sin. That's how powerful this word is. You've got flopped open in your lap tonight. And I can tell you this, I don't stand here on my own strength. I stand here on the strength of the word of God, either prayed down on my life or prayed into my life. And I'm here as a product of the eternal word of God. Isaiah 55 and 11 says, so shall my word be that, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Someone say his word works. 
Have you, have you ever had something where you had to get done in a timeline and, and you couldn't quite finish it to the level that you wanted to get it done, but, but it worked, it got the job done? It's not like that when it said his words work. His word is perfect, so no matter where it shows up in your timeline, it's always on time. He'll speak a perfect word at the perfect time to, say, to handle your situation. God's word is eternal. I'm grateful that it's good today and good tomorrow, amen? It's not good to stand on today. It might not work tomorrow, but you can trust it. You can stand on it. So I say, Lord, speak to me every chance you get. Lord, speak into my life. Because long after I forget what he's spoken, that word's still working. Amen. Someone said his word works. Hallelujah. Praise God. I grew up, obviously, in Alaska. Some of you may know this. Some of you may not. And I spent a lot of time snowboarding. I tried to go snowboarding two weeks and two weekends ago, and I found out that's what 40 feels like. Yeah, that wasn't fun. Uh, so uh, wiping out's not so easy whenever you're 40, but I, I'm grateful that I can still go have a good time. But I remember I got off a chairlift, and I was cutting across and snuck behind some ropes and was going out of bounds when I was 18 years old. We, we liked to ride the backside of the mountain. And, and I didn't realize that the face that I had just traversed over to had been baked by the sun all afternoon. And it was, it was packed ice. It was just glare ice. And, and I fell over and, and the ability to get my board back where I could take the edge of the board and cut into the hill and stop I couldn't do it because I fell forward. So I was sliding toward this cliff face forward and my board was dragging behind me and my toes were sticking off the edge so I couldn't catch an edge and I was just literally wobbling the board back and forth trying to stop before I went off this cliff. And, and I didn't know what to do and all I remember was saying, Jesus, that's all I could do. And all of a sudden, my two fingers on my right hand dropped in the only hole that I think was on the edge of that face and that ice because it was so hard. My fingers dropped in that hole and I spun around and was able to stop about three foot from the cliff. I know I would have been down there a long time, but all I had to do was speak one word, his name. And the Bible says that everything shall bow at the name of Jesus. Literally, the confession of the name, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess. So if you have nothing else to say, if you have no other word, all you need is the name of Jesus Christ. Because everything must bow to that name. So I was like sitting there and I unstrapped my board and I was just literally just in shock because I knew I would have has had I would have been down there a long time. I would have fallen on rocks. I could see the rocks that I would have landed on. It was easily over a hundred feet down. And, and I was just sitting there just literally in shock. Like I, that was so close. That happened so fast. And I was just like, Lord, thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for keeping me. And I really felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, you couldn't die today. Because I have some word that I've spoke over your life that isn't fulfilled yet. And so if we understand that God's word is eternal, anytime he starts speaking, that means it has to be fulfilled what he's saying. And I had stuff that wasn't fulfilled in my life. Thank God that I had promises that someone had prayed into my life. Because had it not been, I could have been off that cliff. But God stepped in because he always fulfills a word spoken. And if he says it, he's got to sustain it. If he mentions it, He's got to manifest it. So I'm grateful today in this house because I was spared by eternal word. 
Somebody said amen. So if he utters it, he has to uphold it, right? Or else he would be a God who lies. Because if he says a word and it changes, then it is not true. And God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he not said it, will he not do it? Hath he not promised it, will he not bring it to pass? I'm grateful for a God whose promises are sure. I've got a firm foundation. How about you? <laughs> I'm glad that he utters words over my life. God is so awesome that at the mention, at a very, the very mention of what he says, it becomes reality. The interesting thing about us is we have language and we have words and we gather, we gather alphabet together. And some of us have very dynamic and very large vocabularies. But uh, every, one, every one of us have an inadequacy in the sense that every time we form a sentence, we're forming a sentence that is based upon another reality. We're literally putting together a sentence that talks about something that's not in front of us. Or maybe we are pointing out something. But if I was to say, you know, John Matheson has a nice brand new car out in the parking lot. He'd be like, well, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but I'm only saying he has a car, C-A-R, those three letters. That word car is not a literal car. It represents what's sitting in the parking lot that you and I can't see right now. Amen. But when God says it, it's not like that. He doesn't say something that represents something. He says something and it becomes it. So if God, that's why the Bible says that God cannot lie. Because the moment he utters it, it has to be what he says it is. So if, like for me, if I say this speaker over here, which is black, if I say it's white, you'd say, well, you're colorblind or you're crazy, one or the other, probably leaning toward crazy. But... But it's not because it's black. I can see it's black. But if Jesus was here and he said that speaker is white, the second he says that speaker is white, it turned white. Because he cannot lie. So God is not ever in a position where he's trying to manipulate anything to lie to anybody. It literally is that when he says it, it becomes it. So whenever we're in this room and we hear the word preached, well, all we have to do is open our hearts to the eternal word of God that's in this Bible. And literally what he says can come to pass because the moment we receive it is the moment that we can actually see it benefit us. Amen. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm so grateful for a powerful word like that in my life. So I, I have some analogies for you. Is that okay? Do you like analogies? I love that analogy. I just quoted that scripture. There's, there's a guy in, with a really weird name in the Old Testament. His name is Balak. Anybody ever heard of Balak? And then there's this friend of his named Balaam. He was a false prophet. Balaam was a false prophet, but... Balak was the king of Moab, and he hired Balaam to curse the people of Israel. So he gets all of this stuff together and all these sacrifices, and they do all this stuff, and he's going to head off and hear from the Lord, and he comes back, and he tells Balak, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he not said it? Shall he not do it? Hath he not spoken it? Shall he not make it good? In Numbers 23 and 19, it's interesting that he was supposed to be cursing, but he ended up blessing. 
And the reason why that is, is because there was already an eternal word over top of Israel. There was already a blessing in place. So that's why whenever you come to the house of God or whenever you're praying for your family, pray a blessing on them from God. Pray a blessing. Oh my goodness. Pray, pray a blessing on family that's not even saved. Because if you can get a blessing on them, the devil cannot curse them. Because he cannot retract a word that's been laid out there. He has to uphold it. So I love the fact that Balaam says something that he's not supposed to say. And, and I'm always, always ready to, to ask God to bless somebody. And, and I don't care how far in somebody is to a, to a lifestyle or to a, a world that, that is, is struggling, struggling and broken. I don't care how messed up their life may be. I've literally watched God bless, bless somebody so much that they literally come out of their mess. I, I, I just love it so much. God will bless people out of their mess. Amen? Amen. So God is awesome. And in the sense of the language, I, I was thinking about, you know, as a human being and in, as an American, I always think that God speaks American. So someone asked, what, what's the language of Jesus or what would be the language of God? And, you know, a Jew, Jewish person would say he speaks Hebrew, you know. And, and a Russian would say he speaks Russian. <laughs> and um, us Americans are like, yeah, I think he speaks American. He's <laughs> American. Because he says it to us in a way that is in our language. I think it's interesting that we oftentimes think of him as who we are. And the language that he spoke doesn't even exist anymore, really, in, in my understanding of, of the language, but it doesn't matter because he speaks in a way that all of us can understand. Amen? He speaks in such a special way that whenever we hear the word of God, we can't help but respond to it because he speaks kindly and tender mercies. Amen? And the Bible says when you're in time of need that you're supposed to approach the throne of grace and, and, and that you approach his throne and you'll find grace and mercy in time of need. Not a God with a gavel, amen? Not a God who's judging, but the first thing you're going to notice when you run to his throne for help from God is you're going to notice there's grace there and there's mercy there, amen? I'm so grateful for that. You ought to be able to, you ought to, be able to run into the house of God anytime and just open your heart to the word of God and be able to hear from him. I... I think Pentecostals ought to preach the snot out of their pastors. I think whenever Sunday opens up and a pastor gets in the pulpit, we ought to amen them. We ought to praise the Lord. And we ought to draw out of them every bit of divine energy we can. We ought to draw that out of our pastors because if God is speaking, then he can do great things. So we ought to worship and praise him from the first note. Amen. Because if praise brings presence from God, then he speaks where he shows up. God is, not a, God is not a God that does not like to speak. He loves to speak over his children. If you break down this pulpit, I know it's wood, but if you break down this pulpit to its basic elements, it breaks down into atoms, right? A cellulose, then atoms. And do you know what an atom is consisted of? I think a bunch of guys got together and decided to break down the, the nucleus of an atom because that's what dudes do, right? How long, what, what does it take to break it? You know, that's what guys do. It's like, 
guys get together and see what they can break, you know? So I think the first scientists who broke apart the atom, there'd probably be a, a bunch of guys that wanted to see how much it took to break something. But if you break an atom down, it breaks down into protons and electrons and neutrons, right? Fifth grade science, amen? And so if you break that down, there's one more breakdown, and it breaks down into what? Does anybody know? Breaks down into a cork. You know what a cork is? A cork is a vibrating vibration. Do you know what built the world? Do you know what may, all things are made from? They're made from a sound. They're made from a vibrating vibration. Someone said that I believe in the Big Bang. Yeah, I do too. God spoke and bang, it happened. <laughs> So you know how all this stuff got here? God's eternal word built a cork, which built an atom, which put together everything else that we see. And the Bible says, by the word of the Lord, Psalms 33, 6, were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Amen. He spoke it into existence. In Hebrews 11, verse 3, it says, through faith, we understand that the world, worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Are you telling me, Brother Calhoun, that everything we look at was made from something invisible? Yes, I I am. I'm telling you, the basic building blocks of everything is a spoken word from Almighty God. Powerful. Oh, hallelujah. So every Sunday, he's speaking. And every prayer service, he's speaking. And every time you pray, he's speaking over your life. God is still speaking. Amen. I hope somebody gets a revelation of how awesome God is when he speaks. In my walk through the word with you tonight, I just kind of huddled around two scriptures. It's kind of interesting that I would ram Matthew in, in there, but I, I wanted to show you something that I thought very interesting. Peter decided to get out of the boat, amen? Splash of the waves on his face, storm raging, and he sees Jesus and he said, if it's you, Bid me to come. I, I want to come. I want to walk where you're walking. Amen? Anybody wanted to, ever wanted to be where Jesus was? And so he, he wants Jesus to call him out on the water. And immediately Jesus says, well, if you're going to come, come. He gives him one word. How many know that Peter walked on the waves? How many know that's crazy? If you believe Peter walked on waves, I'm sorry, but you're crazy. <laughs> Peter didn't walk on waves. He walked on Jesus's word. Because had it not been for Jesus's word, he wouldn't have had to sustain it. But because Jesus said, come, he had to stop everything else that was natural that would cause Peter to sink in water. So he didn't walk just on waves. Yes, he did, but he walked on the word of God because that's the only way that you can walk on water is if you have something else holding you up and the word of God can hold you up in very impossible and unbelievable situations. 
When nobody gives you hope, nobody thinks you're coming out. You can step out of a boat and say, it may be impossible, but this storm will not define my life. This boat is not where I was meant to stay. I have a Messiah who walks on waves because he's the word made flesh. Oh my goodness. And Jesus doesn't pat Peter on the back when he gets out of the boat. Peter gets admonished by the maker in a body, by God Almighty in flesh. He gets reprimanded. Oh, you of little faith. Dude's walking on water. Hello, somebody. He gets out of a boat in a storm, a tumultuous storm. You think he gets some accolades. Everybody else is hanging out in the boat. Dude is courageous. I, did I use dude too much already? <laughs> I grew up in the South. I can get a little ghetto. <laughs> I won't go trailer park on it. No, what happened is Jesus, Jesus admonishes him because he doesn't have an understanding of the word that was spoken. He's doing more than any other disciple is doing. And I come to tell somebody here, you may be doing more than anybody else in this church. But we are not immune to chastisement and reprimanding from our God. Because we have to understand no matter how much we do, brothers and sisters, we have the capacity to doubt. And God Almighty takes a great occurrence and great offense when we doubt his word because of anything in this world. And I know I'm getting excited. Forgive me. I might yell a little before I'm done. I'm not mad. I'm excited. Before we do anything else, we have to make sure we understand that though we are doing great things for God, if he has ever spoken a word into our life and we let doubt creep in, we have a a design moment with God where he will point out the doubt and say, why are you of such little faith? I've come to tell somebody in this house tonight, let the word speak and let it sustain you. Amen. Don't doubt God because that is the one thing that he has to sustain is his word. Peter walks on waves because of one word and Jesus says why did you doubt don't you know if I say it it has to be or you make God a liar how can you not trust the word of God oh my goodness admonished him so if we could tonight get God speaking in this place Whatever word comes out, he has to do it. Amen? He has to do it. 
If you knew the work that God was doing right now through his word that you forgot about, all the things that were prophesied over you, all the word preached from this pulpit, you guys are going to burn a mortgage on this place because there's so much word that's been preached over this pulpit. How can God not let this body take care of this building? Amen. Because there's eternal word that's been laid on this congregation. And until God fulfills every last letter, it is not going to come to a point of failure. Because God has to support it. Amen. I feel that. I don't know what I just hit, but I feel it. Would you lift your hands and thank God for his eternal word in your life? word is forever settled in heaven. Psalms 119, I read to you. Isaiah 48, the grass withereth, the flowers fadeth, but the word of God shall stand forever. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. 1 Peter 1, 25, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. Amen, someone. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Crazy, isn't it? How a word can change a heart and how a word can change a destiny and how a word put into action can bring a cross. It saves us all. I feel so good being here tonight. It's just so much fun to preach, but I, I can tell you this. There's been so much word preached from this, the devil's afraid of you guys. He's literally scared of those that embrace eternal words because he cannot touch it. That's why Jesus used word against him when he was tempted because that's the greatest thing to use. If we ever understand that when we take a Bible verse home from what Pastor Kylie preaches or if we get into the word and we begin to read or, or some of us, maybe we get to where we're binge reading for a little while, the devil gets very afraid of that because what happens is you get into some weaponry by the word of God that you have never actually gotten into before. And possibly you start to fire weapons that are much larger than you ever imagined. And so, yes, you may take a few grenades, amen, from the enemy because you've nestled your way into the turret of a 50 caliber weapon and you start firing at the enemy because you start believing some of the word of God that's preached into your life. And all of a sudden you see some things happening in your life and you may not understand the struggles and the distractions and the trials and the difficulties, but it's just because the enemy is attacking you because you found the weaponry you're supposed to use on the enemy through the word of God. Amen. I had a friend I went hunting with, got a lot of hunters here. I know you guys are all, there's quite a few hunters, so I'll share this with you. I went hunting with a friend of mine and he was a sniper in Vietnam. I didn't find that out till we were in a tent in the middle of Alaska, in the middle of nowhere. We trimmed trees coming in, landing on a gravel runway, trimmed trees going out, and we were staying for a week, and I found out the first night he was this sniper, and, uh, and, and I didn't really want to be there anymore. <laughs> 
after I found that out, but he had like a 457 Weatherby, like the largest domestic rifle, single action rifle you can buy at the time. I, I believe it was a 457 Weatherby. And it had a monolithic cell, shell, which was literally like that long. And this, this bullet had 750 grain pack in it. That's how much powder was packed into it. And it literally would fire a, a bullet 260 feet per second, literally a half a mile in a second. It was, it was so massive that the kick on this gun would throw you backwards. And he hadn't fired it in a laying position before and he was hunting grizzly bears and he's telling me the story. And he was laying on this walking bridge that had, it had rained that morning and he laid down and set up the rifle and he took aim at this grizzly. And when he fired at this bear, the recoil from the gun, 10,000, literally 10,000 foot pounds of torque from this gun fired, it spun him around and nearly put him in the creek on the other side of the bridge. That's how powerful this weapon was. Bruised his shoulder so bad that it took him a week to heal up. And I want you to know that if we ever understand the weaponry from the word of God, we will realize that sometimes when we begin to use the word of God the way we can with our faith, that we get into some weaponry just like that guy's weapon where we fire it and it has such a recoil we don't understand. But God wants us to fire it again. And if it bruises our shoulder, get back into the word and fire it at the enemy again and fire it again until you get used to the recoil of the weaponry that God has given you. See, we have the ability through the word of God to arm the weapons that God has given us. And if we would ever use them the way God wants to, if he could just speak into our life, somebody would be sitting back, cranking back on that gun and start firing away at the enemy and nothing could stop you. Nothing could stop you. So I'm grateful for that. I, 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 I'm grateful for the word of God that changed me. From the beginning to the end, I, I, I had more hangups than AT&T. I had more issues than Life Magazine. <laughs> but when I began to hide the word of God in my heart, it forever changed me. Interesting how the word works in us. It can lift you up. It can change you. And while the liberation power of the word is working in you, you don't have to feel like you're free to be free. If you've been baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with his spirit, one prayer and one belief in God's word, you are free that instant. There's so many works of the spirit that take place that our body and our minds are catching up to. When he does a work, and we are literally moving into the power of what that work has been done in us. I don't even know what's, what was prayed over me in my life. I, I remember walking into a room and my mom was surrounded with Kleenexes sitting in her bed. And she was crying and I didn't know what to think of that. And I thought, you know, <laughs> I thought the car broke down. We're out of money. Something happened. And I was like, are you okay? And she's like, I'm just praying for you boys. And I'm praying for your for your sister and, and I'm praying for the church and I'm praying for souls because she believed that if God promised it, it had to be done. Amen. So I come with the word for everyone that feels stuck. Everyone that feels like you're not quite where you want to be. 
let God speak into your life tonight and let him change the momentum of your life. So if he's obligated to sustain and I'm questioning, what do you need him to support in you? What do you need him to lift up in your life? Isn't it interesting that the word of God brings peace? I have a friend of ours and she went through breast cancer this last year and she did all the chemo and kept smiling. That's hard to do, amen? She was a testimony to the church, to LifeSpring, of how God can use somebody while they're going through very difficult things. She ministered to people who were supposed to be helping her and changed their lives while she's losing her hair and while there's all these things going on and all these difficulties. And she went... She's living with family and it's a tumultuous environment. She went into the doctor and the doctor said, you're not healing as fast as you can because you're not, your environment's not peaceful. And I was like, you mean peace aids in the healing process? Because I've got a prince of peace and I've got a gospel of peace. And so if we just get the word spoken in this place, if we could just get his presence in this house, the Prince of Peace can start walking these aisles and he can touch people and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, can begin to change thoughts and hearts and minds. And, and the weapons of, this, of our warfare are not carnal and we start to pull them out of the words, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, literally, not not leveling the playing field so that we are in good contention with the enemies and the powers of darkness, but literally making rubble out of our enemy, leveling them so that there is no more contention. We are the victors. Psalms 119, 165, great peace have they that love thy law. How many know the gospel speaks peace into your life? The word still works, and I'm glad it does. When God speaks, chains are broken. I, we had a young lady coming back. You know, Brother Lazansky sitting like right behind you, and we've had people walk into our services and just break down in tears, and staff and employees and and it's just been amazing how we've been able to pray for people we do more outreach setting up on saturday night at the hotel than we do in the other time it's pretty amazing but her name was wilma rodriguez and she came with a friend of ours and uh wilma wanted the holy ghost and wilma speaks a very thick mexican accent almost to where i can't understand her and Lisey's here tonight, here in the yellow sweater, and they connect quite often all the time. I think they're speaking in tongues, but um, I'm praying for translation. I'm praying. Right now, I just get out Google Talk, and I try to get close enough, see if I can. What are they saying about me here? But she wanted the Holy Ghost, and the Lord just moved so beautifully in a service, and we went back, and we began to pray for her. And Karen, our worship director who had the healing in her hip that I talked about she came over to my left and we were praying for the Holy Ghost 
And the Holy Ghost just baptized her so beautifully. It literally sat her down speaking in tongues in her seat. And God has done such great things. We're baptizing the second of her daughters this Sunday. That's just how God likes to work. He just loves to do amazing things. How many know the word has saving power? 1 Peter 1.23, being born again by the word of God which liveth and abideth. James 1.21, receiving with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. The word is healing power, amen? Psalms 107, verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. The word is reviving power. Anybody need a quickening? Anybody tired? You're wore out tonight? You need some reviving power? Quickening gives, it gives life, it revitalizes us, it reanimates or has reanimating power. That's what the word does. Psalms 119 and 50, this is my comfort in my affliction for thy word hath quickened me. He breathes into us. One of my favorite statements is that God is oftentimes not trying to bring back people's uh, understanding of him as much as he wants to breathe them, breathe life into them first and then give them an understanding of who he is. I've watched God fill people with the Holy Ghost. They didn't even know what they got. But then he starts teaching them because he can't let his word go, amen? If he does a work, he has to complete it. The word is, has cleansing power, amen? Purifying and purging power, John 15, three. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. How many glad you know the truth? Anybody love the truth in this place? How many have bought the truth and don't plan on selling? Amen. Jeremiah 23, 29, it's not my word like as a purify, it's not my word like a purifying fire, saith the Lord. I'm interested in being quickened by the word of God every time I hear it. Anytime there's preaching, there's something for you. You don't need to sit there and go, well, that's for so-and-so. There's always something for you in every message that's preached because it's the eternal word of God that's being shared. And I have come to ask you, whose report will you believe? Because if you believe the report of the Lord, then great things can happen. Who hath believed our report, Isaiah 53? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Notice that when you believe the report of the Lord, his arm is revealed to you. When you understand and you believe the word of God, he literally shows himself mighty on your behalf. Amen? I'm grateful for that. I wonder if there's anyone that would want to see God speak even in a greater way in your life. Now, I don't know what you're dealing with right now, but I can tell you this. I deal with so many different circumstances and don't always know which way to go with them, but whenever I find a place of prayer, God directs my life. And this week, I was just, I was trying to do something good for somebody and God opened up a door for us to start a mobile pantry at LifeSpring. I'm just really excited about this. So we went around the neighborhood and gave out food this week, and we made four or five new contacts of people that just simply were grateful to receive some groceries. But we have an open door there, amen? Because God brought the blessing, amen? So he's going to do something amazing. I don't think anything's a coincidence, do you? 
Is anybody here with me whenever you, you know that God does something and when he opens the door, there's a reason and a work to be done? We did an outreach where we were just driving a van through the neighborhood and then we got a bunch of balloons and we walked down the streets and we're handing balloons out to kids and tying them on their little scooters as they're running around. And we met, we met Marquietta. Marquietta was having a rummage sale and she has two little, a little boy and a little girl and a husband and, and they live down in the complex near where we are living in Brookfield. And we met them and they're going you know, they're, we're just having a conversation and they're, they're going through their day, having their rummage sale and we invite them out to church and they say they'll come and they sign, the, they sign on, the, on the clipboard that we have, we're coming and the day rolls around where we're having our Sunday school and our Sunday school fun day and, and we're, we're actually gonna go pick people up and I get a van and I drive there and I knock on the door and no one's home. And I'm like, oh man, what happened? And so then... I'm like, well, the Lord has started something here. I'm just going to trust him to keep working on it. Well, last night I delivered food. Or Monday night I delivered food to Marquietta's home. And her little son was jumping up and down with his arms straight in the air. Yay, bananas. <laughs> because my wife has been able to then make a contact with her and been able to allow her to rent the clubhouse where we are at for the birthday party for her daughter. All of this has happened from one connection as we went out and believed God's word that he was gonna bring people to Life Spring. And now, this week, we had another contact with them. And it's just continuing. It's just, it's beginning to now, almost like a snowball effect where you get something started and it begins to build. We have people on Facebook asking if they could have their daughters baptized at our church. We have people contacting us through different means. The other day I had a lady in Waterford saying, when is your baptism Sunday? Well, it's this Sunday. Can I come be baptized? And I don't know about you, but I don't think that's just a happenstance. I really believe that that's the word of God working in somebody's life. And they want to see it work in somebody else's life as well. I don't want to just be a, a vessel where I take it all in and keep it for myself. God, help me if I ever become a person that stores everything that I get, but I want to share it because in giving out, there's a great blessing. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. So do we have ups and downs? You bet. Do we have Sundays where I'm like, where is everybody? You bet. But we've also had Sundays where we had 55 people packed in a room and God moved. And so in three years, we've carved out a small work for the Lord in Brookfield, a business professional community where we're dealing with masters and higher degrees and where people drive in for business and drive out and where the median age is 45 to 52 because they can afford to live there. And everyone else lives around the edges and drives in because it's too expensive to live in Brookfield. But we're winning some people in a city where it should be impossible. But I've got a word that says, if you preach, the Prince of Peace will show up. Healing can happen. Things can change. Hearts can be opened. I don't care what they say. Even if those... 
we go to we go to doors and there's locks and there's technology and you can't get in but we just ring all the bells and see who opens <laughs> just hit all the buzzers at once my daughter loves it she leans on them somebody's going to get saved out of this complex in Jesus name <laughs> but we just keep on working and preaching the word and let the word keep working and saving souls. Thank you for letting me come tonight. I don't know how to end this because you're all friends, but would you stand with me? I'll share one last story and it's in the sermon, but it's about my grandmother, which I often share stories about my grandparents because I love them so much. My grandmother used to sing the old time songs. How many remember the old songs? You know, like Jesus is the wheel in the middle of the wheel. What in the world does that mean? It means that when life wears you down to the hub, it can go no further because Jesus is your hub. That's what it meant. And for me, I'm like, get me some BJ Putnam glorious up in here, you know, Please give me some, our God's awesome or something. Give me something new. I like to sing a new song. I'm like, how did they survive on the wheel in the middle of the wheel? How did you live for God on that stuff, (laughs) Brother Pickle? (laughs) And I went to see my grandmother on her deathbed and she was just, she wasn't really taking in food. She's just breathing, really just taking in air. She was in one bed over against the wall and the door exited the room on the far right and there was another bed there. And we all just kind of huddled into my grandmother's room when we got there. She was at, at my aunt's house in North Carolina and we drove down to see her. And she used to lead worship every Sunday, singing the wheel in the middle of the wheel. <laughs> you know, old songs. And singing about the blood and she was just over there just breathing heavy in the bed and they said it's not long come she's not going to be here with us much longer and we got a guitar out and my uncle could play guitar and i mean he's a picker and a grinner you know but he could play guitar it was like don't check it don't check it don't check it don't don't so he starts playing some of these old gospel hymns and i look over at my grandmother who's not coherent she's only breathing and her foot is tapping on the footboard. If you never lose anything, don't lose your soul. And I, we started singing. I said, Grandma, we're going to sing some songs that us younger people know your grandchildren love. And it's back whenever Chris Tomlin's voice wasn't so annoying. <laughs> Just kidding. Chris, it was, we started singing How Great Is Our God and we were playing and I, I said give me the guitar and I started playing How Great Is Our God and, and all of the grandkids they knew it and they all joined in and grandma's foot still tapping but I, what I realized was the reason why she could live on those songs was those songs were comprised of the eternal word And that eternal word was still in her. When all she could do was breathe, she had the word down inside. 
And when we started singing those old songs that were built on scripture, that word came out in that foot, tapping on that footboard. And I knew, I didn't know what to think. I just turned over and I said, Grandma, you remember old Brother Carnley at Alaska camp meeting singing, Don't Wait For Me Down Here, this old song, and, and don't wait for me to change. Uh, I'm, I'm just warming up for that meeting in the sky. He was singing that song at the camp meeting. And my grandmother, only taking in air, after we sang songs, and that word started working in her again, sat up in bed and went, oh yeah, I remember Brother Carly singing it and laid back down and closed her eyes again. The word of God quickened her body so much that she sat up in the bed. I hope I'm impressing you with the power of the eternal word of God. Two days later, she's sitting up eating, eating applesauce. The word of God touched her because it was embedded in the songs that encouraged her. Would you, would you possibly allow me to say that we can't even fathom the power of the word of God? We can't even put our minds around how this thing works when we hide it in our heart. We can't even imagine, my older brothers and sisters, you might take your teeth out at night. You might, you might, as the stars come out, everything else comes out at night. I don't know, as you get older and the house starts caving in, but you're the same person on the inside. You think you can do all the same stuff like me snowboarding at 40, but there's something working on the inside of me that keeps me young. It keeps me alive. The outer man might perish, but the inner man is renewed day by day by the word of God. Would you lift your hands and ask God to quicken your life? Would you ask him to make his word live in you right now? Whatever he's invested in you, God, keep working your word in us. Jesus, for every aged individual here, for every young person, God, from the spectrum of people that are in this house, would you remind us that when we get to a point where we can't even communicate anymore if you tarry, that your word will still be worth knowing. Your word will still be working in us. And if we still have that song, you will be touching our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Quicken somebody here tonight. Quicken somebody here tonight. I want to open an altar of prayer. I, maybe there's somebody that needs God to speak over your life. I wish everybody would find a place to pray and say, Lord, would you speak to me? God, would you speak to me? Would you put a word in my heart that no matter what comes in my life, there is something working down in me. Would you come and ask God to speak over your family? Would you ask him to speak over your children? Would you ask him to speak over this church? Would you ask him to speak over your home and your finances? Speak, Lord. 
Speak, Lord, for whatever you say, you must sustain. Whatever you mention, you must maintain. Thank you, God. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at AbundantLifeChurch.org.